0: Welcome to the More for Tours podcast, a new show that features conversations with tour managers, music entrepreneurs, and entertainment industry leaders. My name is Nicole Heller. I'm a music industry student studying in Australia and the US with a plan to connect you to music professionals. This podcast will give you life changing advice to help you enhance your career in live music events and touring. Please follow, subscribe, and share for weekly updates. Welcome back to the More for Tours podcast. My name is Nicole Heller, and today I'll be interviewing Emmeline and Nat from Hog Productions. Hog started as a student-run DIY promoter dedicated to inclusivity by highlighting queer, female, and POC artists in the Los Angeles community. What started as a class project has grown into a USC music scene staple and now growing in the LA DIY scene. Since its inception, Hog has always been devoted to putting on quality shows that are fun, safe, and inclusive of all. Hey, welcome to the More for Tours podcast. If you'd like to introduce yourself, pronouns you use, and also
1: what role you play in music. I'm Emmeline Salazar. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, I have a lot of experience in management. I do uh, Sleaze Hog with Na and help with booking live shows and... I also am in public, publicity right now. I work in PR. Hi, I'm Nat. My
2: pronouns are she or they. And I'm one of the co-founders of Hog. Um And before COVID, I was working at a lot of uh, venues
0: and festivals. Yeah. Awesome. How has it been now that quarantine and lockdown... And everything's just shifted since the pandemic. Did you have any reactions the first time you heard about it compared to now?
1: Yeah, I mean, when lockdown like first became real, uh, Nat and I were both planning on going to South by Southwest. She was going with Sleaze Hog and I was going with an artist I was working with. And so we were all ready and set to go and it was... I think literally, like the week before, um, like the week before South by Southwest started, lockdown happened. Um, So yeah, so that was kind of like a an immediate like um, effect of lockdown that happened to us is that everything we had planned is now just like out the window.
2: We had been planning that for I think like six months prior. So and it was like me and Julia Craig's capstone projects for our senior year so it never went through and it was just so upsetting yeah and like a lot of other things that i had lined up like i was going to work coachella that year and that uh, fell through too and then like we all graduated that year and i was like well i my whole like career prospects like they're all gone <laughs> um so it took some time to it took some time to finally accept um the state of things and to sort of look, uh, in different avenues for like work or like music related work is just work in general. Yeah.
0: It was definitely scary at first. I think it's such a huge thing to hear because it's not anything anyone's used to and pretty much any generation that's alive today. So it's, it is a weird shift like to fit this all into society and then figure out, especially with music, what to do next. Um, And because you mentioned these different festivals, do you see yourself post-pandemic looking to bring them back or work in them later on? Or is it something in this time you've kind of shifted your interest in at all?
1: Um, I'm definitely like looking forward to going back and being able to go to South by Southwest or, you know, um, I was also supposed to work with an artist at Coachella. So I am definitely like, It made, at least for me, it made me like kind of reevaluate and be like, what is it that I want to do? Do I want to do touring? Do I want to do management or PR? Um, And so I'm kind of, I'm kind of leaning more towards, towards management, but it's, it's still being involved in all that. So I'm excited for it to get up, back up and running. Uh, How about you, Nat? yeah
2: um i've had so many people ask me like is fleas coming back eventually and it's like of course but um it's really just like a waiting game i have when like live music is coming back and people ask me like what do you think like when do you think it's coming back like do you think we can have like distance shows and like i think the answer is truly just to wait when everything is safe um but I am excited for live music to come back. That was my whole life. Um, but in the meantime, I have been exploring um, work with like labels or agencies. I was looking into like a sync company and just trying to like find places to apply like my values that I put into Sleeves Hog, like of diversity and inclusion, and finding similar companies like indie labels and like the agencies who kind of share those same values and
0: try to like still be able to work on my passion in that way and those values are really important i think that that's something that no matter what role we end up having in entertainment to carry those with us and have that purpose is always super important so that's that's great can you actually tell us a bit more about sleaze hog for those who don't know much about it
1: Yeah. Um. (laughs) So Slay's Hog, well, Nat and I both went to USC and we were in the music industry program. So one of the courses we had to take was this live production promotion course. And the whole final project is you have to put on a show. And uh, myself and a couple other people uh, got in a group and we were not, we were like, everyone else in the class was doing like singer-songwriter or, like, rap or, you know, electronic music, and the group that I was with was super into, like, alternative rock music, and we were like, well, we can't, we don't know any bands that are, like, in that field at USC, at least, because I didn't feel like it, there was really a scene there, um, but we are like, let's just do something edgy. Let's just, let's just do a punk show, because, like, you know, why not? We'll just go all out, and then we knew Nat was in the class and we knew Nat was in the punk scene. So she was in another group that was like singer-songwriter, I believe. And I was like, she shouldn't be there. So I was like, hey, we're doing <laughs> a punk show. You should like really like jump ship and join us. And then Nat joined and that was the creation of hog. And Nat, you want to tell them our, our what we do? Yeah,
2: Um. so after that one punk show for the class we all decided we all really like doing this and we want to keep throwing shows so since then we've thrown about a show or two every month and we've developed this like recurring like queer showcase at uh junior high which is a feminist art gallery and um we had a lot of really cool things lined up for the year too but um our whole mission My whole booking practice is to, like, prioritize queer, female, and POC artists um, and creating a safe space for, you know, the people that go to the shows, the artists that play it, and just everyone that's involved, making sure everyone feels comfortable and safe at the shows that they go to because I feel like oftentimes in the L.A. scene or just in music in general, like, um, people don't have, like, the awareness for, like, Um, how to respond to, like, harassment or discrimination and things like that. And I think when you sort of put those artists at the forefront and, like, as a promoter, like, publicly announce our stance and things like that, that it creates, like, an environment for everyone to safely and comfortably enjoy music. And while, you know, giving a platform to artists that are usually less represented so that's our whole deal. That's our whole mission. Um, and I really want to get back to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's really, really important. And um, I think that safety isn't talked about as much as it should be, for sure. Because I think from classes at USC, it was always like, oh, this is fire safety and this is this. And it's like, wait, there's so much else that we should be talking about. And that's really amazing because I think that there, uh, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be changed. Uh so that's great to hear that you guys are doing that. Um and do you see that transforming in college and in sort of like a environment where there's like house shows and basement shows and um like different genres of music do you see sort of like a a space for that type of dialogue to be had and welcomed?
1: Uh yeah, I feel like that so, uh, yeah, I feel like that dialogue is being more welcomed um, in like other spaces beyond ours. I do feel like when we first started, we were kind of like one of the very few that really took that seriously. Um, And, and some people were kind of like, all right, like, what is this? Like, what are, what's this thing that we're getting into? But um, I've noticed now, especially like there's the Me Too movement. And then like over the summer, some allegations came out and like, they were accurate allegations about some bands that were being inappropriate to their fans that like, people are like, Oh, this isn't cool. Like we, this should be a culture that we don't um, support anymore. And so that like, I think now like more artists and managers and labels are being like, all right, we need to change this culture. We can't have this anymore. Like, I recently had a job interview with a small indie label and they asked me, like, do you volunteer? Where do you stand? Like, what's your social stance like that you you care for? Um, That's like, you know, beyond just like kind of the superficial stuff. And I was like, whoa, I've never been asked something like that. And I'm glad that the conversation's being welcomed now um, and it's not being so taboo anymore. It's really cool to hear that you've experienced
2: that, Emily, because I feel like that should be the norm everywhere. Um, and since I, like, operate on such, like, a DIY level when it comes to, like, throwing shows for hog and things like that, um, I've always been, like, wary of, like, how other, like, local DIY uh, promoters like do things and like emily said there has been like this whole like movement about like sexual harassment in like the local like indie scene and everything and um i think it comes down to the responsibilities of um everybody as a showgoer like whether it's the promoter whether it's um the fan or the artist um i think curating uh like, a good lineup of, like, I guess, so to, like, responsible artists, so to speak, and um, helps create, like, a better environment for that, and, um, like, having them publicly announce, like, their stance on things, like, um, I I'm glad that, like, social media could be used as a platform now to, like, discuss these things, but I think that discussing them, like, at shows, like, in, like, company, like, office settings, like, within the bands themselves like having those conversations um not just like on social media where i feel like sometimes it can even feel performative i think we really need to all have like those more intimate private conversations uh, with ourselves
0: and with the people that we work with 100 it's definitely something that if it can be done in like an actionable way that's always super super great do you kind of want to Backtrack a little bit into how you started in music in terms of uh, sort of how you first uh, started your interest in either working in the industry sort of from a business side or more from like a songwriting artistry side. Um, And then you can also introduce your project Manly as well. My interest in music really first started when I was a kid and I was playing Guitar Hero.
2: And um, (laughs) I really wanted to be a rock star. I would like to play the the fake guitar and like sing the vocal track at the same time. And I was like this one man band in my living room all by myself. And um, since then um, I've always had this love for music, but it wasn't something that I seriously considered until like senior year of high school when I was exploring what colleges to go to and I found that USC had a music industry program and I didn't even know that that was an option that like there's this whole track. You can go to college who are based solely on like music business and things like that, and I was like exploring like the courses that you can take. And I remember being a senior in high school, being really excited for the like the live music production and promotion class, which is the one that I met Emmeline and started Sleash hog in. Um, and and I was like, whoa, like this whole program, like all of these classes, like that is everything I'm interested in. And um, I remember when I was applying to USC, I was like, Oh, I want to be a music producer. I want to throw festivals and I want to do yada, yada, yada. I want to manage artists. Like I wanted to do it all. (laughs) Um, and I didn't really hone it down until like I explored what I liked in, um, at USC and I was like going to a lot of shows and I decided live music was where I wanted to be. Um, and around that same time, like freshman year of college, I uh, picked up guitar again because I had played it like on and off for a while. And I was taking a uh, singer songwriter or a songwriting class uh, freshman year. And it really got me to push me out of my comfort zone to like write music because we would have to like play our own original music in front of the class. And that is when um, Manly started. I I finally started to like write my own songs and I was like playing all the time in my dorm room. Um, Yeah, that's where Manly started. And since then I've been trying to like record in my garage um, and play like acoustic shows every now and then when shows are a thing. And I'm finally about to release another EP this month and it's coming out very soon. And I'm actually very proud of it because um, I can see like my evolution throughout like the first time I put out music and now and I have like learned so much on my
0: own so I'm really excited for people to hear it that's so so cool I feel like that evolution is so important and it's funny to think of Guitar Hero and then I was listening to your music and then hearing songs like Powerball and it's so cool it's so guitar driven oh, so it's thank awesome you. to see that like where it's gonna go next that's that's really really exciting well, and then, Emmeline, for you, in terms of um music, music management, publicity, and everything else, uh, was there a time or moment or like a certain thing that occurred, maybe even an epiphany where you're like, oh, this is this is cool. I'll do this."
1: I grew up with my stepdad, who was a uh, composer for TV and film, and his father was too. Um and so I was raised by him. So I was just around music. and as a little kid, I remember my grandpa. He did the music to Looney Tunes Back in Action, which was like one of the few like children's like movies that he ever did. So I went to like the sound stage where he was conducting the soundtrack and all that, um, and I I remember being in such awe of it. And being raised around music, there's just something about it. Like I had no musical talent. I tried. I really tried to like play the piano. To like sing, can't do it. But I was just such an awe of the power of music and what it was that I was like, I need to, to do something in there or in the entertainment field some way, somehow. And so, um yeah, it was until I was in high school that I had a like business class. It was like a business entrepreneurship class that I took. And my teacher really saw like my business drive and like how I... I had that like instinctual, like entrepreneurship trait, whatever it is. And he like talked to me one day in class and he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I really like music, but I don't have a musical bone in my body. And he's like, you know, there's like always a business side in any like industry. So like try to figure out what's like the business side of the music industry. And so I kind of went from there and I did an internship in high school, yeah, in high school with a nonprofit called Levitt Pavilion, where they put on like free concerts in uh, downtown LA. And my boss there, she is like a tour manager. I believe she still is. And she was working a festival in LA. And so she took me and my sister, cause we were like one of the few kids who had cars and was like, here, come to downtown LA. There's a music festival I'm working. I'll give you guys a pass. And I went and, I was on the side stage for a tribe called quest. Sorry. I was on the side stage for a tribe called quest. Um, and I was like, "Holy! I don't know if I can curse. Holy smokes. Uh, I was like, I was like, this is, this is where I need to be. This energy of the show, the music festival, seeing the crew backstage. I was like, I need to work there. I need to do this. Um, and so that's where I really wanted to work in live. Uh, production. And yeah. And then I went, you know, I graduated from high school. I didn't have grades to get into USC. Like that was such a, like a, not even a chance for me. So I went to community college and basically created my own music industry program. I took business courses and music courses and like begged my music teachers to create a music industry class. And they did. Um, And yeah. And then I went to USC and I found management that was kind of uh a thing I wasn't really thinking of I always thought I was going to be a live person and then uh one of my friends he kept on talking about his band and I always asked him like what's going on what are you doing with the band I was just always intrigued because I was you know being a good friend and he was just like you know Emily can you actually like manage my band because I trust you and there's you know this band is like my baby and there's not many people I trust so would you want to do it and yeah, and I said yes. And I I loved it. I loved the experience of working with artists directly on every aspect. And I was still able to throw shows for him. So um, yeah, and that's how I found management. And then publicity, I kind of fell into because of COVID. Unfortunately, I had a job uh, when I was in college. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm all set. I got this. You know, I've I got my career going for me. And then With COVID, you know, I had to mourn the loss of this career that I had built up, Uh, but luckily I built a really great relationship with one of my PR professors at USC, Loretta Medina, Um, and she she found out that I had lost my job, so she called me and was like, hey, I need an assistant, can you help me? And yeah, so I've been doing that since uh, COVID.
0: Very cool. Yeah, Loren's awesome. And um, yeah, I feel like everything's so interconnected with music that everyone kind of has these different roles that they play. And uh, it's so interchangeable, which I feel like with the music industry program, it's pretty visible when you're in the works of projects and you sort of see how things just connect and kind of gravitate towards each other. And the fact that before USC, you were already asking for what you wanted is such a big thing, because I think that that's a huge role with any kind of industry is just asking for what you need and what you want. And then it kind of just eventually comes into play and and works out. Um, and when you're in live settings, is there something that you typically strive for or a value or action that you find yourself asking for?
1: I think for, for Hog, a big thing for us is like inclusivity and like, Making sure everyone feels comfortable. Uh, I believe that, like everyone in Sleighs Hog is a minority in some way, like like a female, queer, or POC person, and so like we know how it feels to like not feel represented in the music space. And so I think that like personal attachment is like really a thing that we hold dear to what we do and making sure that we don't want other people to feel that way. We want to make sure that we can give a platform to people um, of, of all types that don't normally get that opportunity.
2: I think when I'm going to the shows, sometimes I can look around the room and I can very obviously tell like, Oh, I am the only like Asian girl here or I'm the only queer person here. And, it, it does feel very isolating and it feels like, well, like, cause sometimes I go to shows by myself and I feel like such an outsider. And I think, um, yeah. And that's why we created three talk with the mission that it, that it has, um, to like create spaces for these people who like would feel unsafe in other spaces. And in, in doing so, I hope that it inspires other people who like organize and curate shows to have that mindset in mind when they book shows so that like it's uh, accessible and inclusive to everyone um that's what I look for in shows
0: yeah yeah it's amazing and um a topic that comes up in a a lot of my conversations is like making a home away from home so I feel like having that like the comfort the safety some of these themes that we're discussing um I think when you're just the idea of like performing and kind of like going out on the road, it's in itself so isolating and so distanced from like kind of just what a certain like feeling of who you may be or um, sort of what representation means. So I think that having that stance of like, what would it be in a tour or in like a organization to create a feeling of like community is so vital. With that in mind, is there a way that you... Create a home away from home during tours or performances.
1: A big thing is surrounding yourself with people that you respect and that you trust. Um, Either that be with a tour or just in your own shows. It really makes a difference and makes the experience better. You can have like stronger communication and what you want in the shows. Um, but yeah, that's like something that I think is like the ultimate is making sure you have a good group of people. And I feel like that reflects too in Sleaze Hog because a huge thing that we have is just community. Like we have people who come to our show, every show doesn't miss it. They can't wait for a show or they meet people at a show and start collaborating together. And it's like a, a beautiful thing. And it's, it's nice to have that, like that people feel very comfortable to come to our, our space. And it's like, yeah, it's like we're welcoming people into our home and we want them to feel comfortable and feel like they want to come back.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think having uh, people that you trust and respect to work with is uh, number one. And I feel like I've had to learn that the hard way sometimes, like working with people who I thought I trusted. And it turns out like Um, I, our values don't align or I can't be my authentic self with them and things like that. Um, I think like in general, like making yourself feel at home, like on tours or shows and things like that, I think it's good to, it can be scary and hard sometimes, but I think it's like good to be authentic and be um, vocal about like the discomfort that you're feeling or like seeking help. Um, from somebody else um, when you feel uncomfortable, like finding some sort of support um, and you may end up finding someone
0: you do trust. Just being true to yourself is, it sounds easy, but it's a bit hard to, I guess, perform it and feel it every day. So much of life is just kind of stepping away from everything that people want you to be and just like being who you are authentically. So if, if there's a way to foster that in um, like a career in music I feel like that's like something you just never want to like weave or let go of so in terms of just like general advice for people who are starting out in whether it's like a music industry major or they're looking to kind of try out different fields in music now that COVID and the pandemic is going on what would you recommend them to do with their free time now
1: um, I think one thing is keep learning. For me, that's been like very crucial. Like I never thought I'd go into PR as a field of work. Um, and I just, I took this opportunity with my current job and I was like, I'm going to treat it like an internship and I'm going to go there and and learn. Um, whether I stay or not is like another question, but I want to learn um, and I have and I've learned quite a bit and a lot of things that could help me in the later run with either live shows and how to reach out to publications to write about us or you know, with my own artists that I work with. Um it's just I think now since things have slowed down a bit, I don't have to go to a show every night and be out until midnight or later. I can, you know, take this time to learn and 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 be able to like hone my craft so to say. Um and I think that's that's very important. I think a good advice is just to do it. Just to start and be like, "Hey, you play in a band and I know you who play in a band. Do you guys want to just do a show in my backyard?" Or, you know, reach out to artists be like, "Hey, I really like you and what you're doing. Can I, you know, sell merch at your show?" Is, you know, it's like little things like that that really build and building strong relationships with people too. Cause I'm, I'm a strong believer that the music industry, since it's such a music, is such a personal thing that, you know, you have to be able to be good with people. And it's like an industry of people. People want to work with you if they really like you and your vibe and what you stand for. Um, and if, you know, you don't vibe with someone, then you don't, but, uh, I think that's like very important too, is to just start building relationships, networking as they call it in school. Um, but I I like calling it building relationships because networking just seems like you have an alternative motive or something like that.
2: Yeah, I wanted to say the same thing that you said, Emmeline, about just doing it. Because in true DIY spirit, I firmly believe that anybody can take matters into their own hands and just start what they want to do and that's really how free talk came about like i really wanted to throw shows with this purpose in mind and and we just did it um and i think that goes for like anybody in any sort of aspect in the music industry and the examples that emily gave too, like oh you want to start like writing for music journalism, like you could always find like zines or like small indie publications to write for, or you can start your own or you want to manage a band, like find like your friend who's an artist and like manage them or et cetera, et cetera. I really think that, um, especially when, you know, you sort of want to climb up this like industry ladder and you have like nothing to start with. I think that creating something on your own looks really good on your resume and it's like super fulfilling. You learn a lot because you're doing everything yourself. Um, and like Emily said, like making all these personal co- connections, like, cause like when you like start by yourself, you're not like with some big company and they already have these existing like relationships and things like that. Like you're really starting from the bottom up and like building everything on your own. And I am a firm believer of that too. Definitely.
0: Do you have a dream artist for both of you that you would like to work with someday?
1: I've, I've been very blessed to work with a lot of artists that I've wanted to work with. Like I've done internships for like lots of the people and vampire weekends team, which was a dream come true. And I'm currently working with like Kali Uchis and Omar Apollo who are amazing. Yeah. I'd love to work for a band like Arcade Fire. Um, or like Florence and the Machine or something like that. I'm very like I was super 2012-2014 <laughs> indie rock chick like love it. Um here for it. Glad it's making a comeback with this Gen Z era. Um but yeah, I think I would I'd love to be working with bands like that. I miss like Act like full bands, which is what I love about Sleaze Hog is that like you got your drummers, your guitar players and all that. It's not just like the one artist or like, you know, a bunch of synth pads. Like I like the whole production. So I think it would be fun to work with an artist like that. And especially like on a tour. That'd be wild. I'd love to be in like the UK scene right now. Like I've been very much trying to find new artists there and they still have like that punk grunge thing going on. And it's, like, a bunch of, like, young kids in university. And I'm just, like, I'm here for it. Let me yeah. let's, let's root for these guys to make it big so we can all hear it. Yeah.
2: As an artist, I take great influence from Snail Mail, C.B. Uh, Bridgers, Biba Doobie, and Claro. I'm wearing a Claro sweater right now. <laughs> um, I really like their sound. And the way um something that they all have in common is what I really like is their vocals like they really stand out to me like their voices are so unique um and I take such great inspiration from them and it'd be like such a dream to ever like meet them period um and I used to work at the bootleg a theater in LA and like Phoebe actually like goes there quite a lot so I would see her but I wouldn't, <laughs> I never actually met her, but I would just kind of like from the box office, like freak out cause she's there. Um, but um, I mean, it would also be cool to work with them in like a, like in a show or tour kind of setting, not just like creating music or anything. But um, I think it would be really cool to find the next big like artist who like starts from a diy background like playing local shows and then like having the i guess the it factor to like blow up and stuff because i would really love to work with somebody and see like the progression of like growing like a fan base all the way to like stardom i guess um because i i really like like artists who have DIY roots and they have like the understanding of that kind of community that we've talked a lot about. Um, And then seeing how that transitions into like a sort of more mainstream like audience. Like I've always been curious about that because I do watch some artists that I really like from like the DIY level, like blow up. And I would love to work with an artist like that. And like, I don't know, be their manager or agent or something like that. It, it sounds really
1: fun. Yeah, I feel like those kind of artists are kind of more exciting than just like big name artists because they're already they're already big name. It's like fun yeah. to be in in the dirt and like you know yeah
2: be exactly in there. and like
1: watch it all happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will look back and what words we'll use to
0: describe the scenes now and the time now. So it's pretty exciting, and I feel like it just gets better over time too. Like everything kind of gets more comfortable and. Just there's like more relationships that you are talking about and it all just kind of fits into place.
1: We're still in discussion about what else we're going to do for this coming year because it's been quite a hard thing to plan because everything is so uncertain. But when we can do shows safely, we'll definitely be back and better than ever. And yeah, and just hang in there, guys. <laughs> we'll get through this eventually. Follow us on Instagram at
0: SleeveHog. Everyone listening, stay tuned. And um, thank you for coming on the show, Emily and Matt. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode from the More for Tours podcast. Please subscribe to the channel and follow us on socials at more4tours with a number 4 to stay updated. Leave a review on iTunes if you like the episode too. Enjoy the road.